Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ, not from any work of man, but by the grace of God alone. I'm Pastor Will Hunsaker, and today we move into the second chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians with verses 1 through 10. Now, it was the last episode we learned a little bit more about Paul's background and how the gospel works within the lives of believers to rescue and redeem and restore them spiritually. Today, we will learn how the gospel provides freedom and liberty from religious ritual and ceremony as we are made righteous before God only by the person and work of Jesus Christ. So here is Paul's writing to the Galatians, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that we were in agreement for fear that all my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there, false ones really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations, but we refused to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. And the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles. In fact, James, Peter, and John, who were known pillars of the church recognized the gift God had given me, and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers. They encouraged us to keep preaching to the Gentiles while they continued their work with the Jews. Their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So the main points to consider in these verses, in a very short synopsis, is the authority of Paul's teaching that was established here and the liberty found in the gospel. He reemphasizes this, and you'll see that theme repeat itself continually throughout this letter. So as far as Paul's authority to teach is concerned, Paul writes uh, of his return to Jerusalem with two companions to consult with the elders and apostles about his teaching. And they appeared to approve 
and believed his teaching was inspired by God and in line with the teachings of Christ. So this establishes Paul's authority. In addition, they encouraged him to continue his work in teaching the Gentiles. Again, a Gentile is anybody that's not a Jew. Now, the subject of liberty and freedom, Christian liberty and freedom, found in the gospel is presented in these verses by an interaction Paul has with a group of Christians known as Judaizers. We've covered them earlier in other episodes. They challenged Paul during his visit to Jerusalem. They insisted that Paul's companion, Titus, who was a very young man at the time, be circumcised because he was a Gentile and Gentiles were typically uncircumcised. And circumcision, remember, is a part of the Jewish covenant law. So the church elders supported Paul's position of not forcing the circumcision of Titus. Paul brings this up because these same Judaizers were the ones spreading a false gospel to the Galatians. That's very important for context here. They insisted, these Judaizers, that all Christians meet the requirements of Mosaic law in addition to the work of Christ for salvation. Um, Examples would be uh, circumcision and Sabbath keeping during this period of the first century. However, there are still branches of Christianity today that consider the keeping of certain rituals and sacraments necessary in order to earn God's grace. So essentially, these modern-day Judaizers stress that the work of Christ in salvation cannot be complete without the assistance of the person being saved. This is the false gospel that Paul was warning the Galatians of. So Paul's urgency is notable in verses 3 through 5. These false believers had slipped into the church and posed the threat of diminishing the freedom and liberty found in the work of Christ to return to an additional work of man, the need of additional work of man. So these folks, and I'm going to reiterate some of this because it's very important for the context of this epistle. So these folks claim that additional work needed to be added to the work of Christ. So that wasn't good enough. They essentially stood at the base of the cross, looked up at the crucified Savior, and said, yeah, I think we need to add some more to that. And that Christians did not have the liberty, the freedom to believe that their salvation came only from the work of Christ. You get that today. Other work was still needed, specifically in this case, circumcision. Now, simply put, these false brothers were enemies of Christian freedom. But (laughs) you can see here, Paul was a steely-eyed freedom fighter. He refused to comply with a false gospel. He said this, but we refuse to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you. That's Galatians 2 verse 5. Paul knew that if believers wanted to protect Christian liberty, they would have to fight for it. And the way we fight for the gospel is with hypervigilance. We stay focused 
and unwavering to the biblical truth. Regardless of what other people say, if it's not in scripture, it's not there. Now, people in the first century, as well as today, do not want to be told there is only one way to salvation. It is arrogant. It's offensive. That's their feel. The gospel is, is cool to them as long as it minds its own business. So whether it be from the false gospel of merited grace or the onslaught of social pressures we see today, we will not allow the liberty found in the person and work of Christ to be compromised. We will stand our ground at the base of that cross and at the entrance of the empty tomb. That's the gospel, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because that's the only place salvation is found. It's a biblical truth. Now, make no mistake, the Bible is very clear. We are obligated to be obedient to the directives of Christ. But we cannot do our own thing just because Christ has paid the price of sin. True saving faith will not allow a believer to continually miss the mark with God. But in terms of salvation, the biblical truth is, it is provided by God's grace alone. You cannot earn it. And it's through our faith alone, in Christ alone, nothing else. And it all is to the glory of God alone, not to man, not to an institution. Our salvation and everything God does to bring that to us is for his glory alone. This is the foundation of Christian liberty. That's Christian freedom. Now, I will close with a quote from a, a hero of the Reformation period, a man by the name of Martin Luther from the 16th century. He was a, at one time a Catholic, Roman Catholic priest and a monk of the Augustinian order. He reformed the church and returned them to the biblical truths of salvation. And this is what he said. He said, we stand, we can stand the loss of our possessions, our name, our life, and everything else. But we will not let ourselves be deprived of the gospel, our faith, and Jesus Christ. And that is that. Thank you for listening. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord look upon you and give you peace. Next up on Open Your Bibles, we will continue with the second chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians with verses 11 through 16. God bless you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.